Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we combine a love for movies and television with not a lot of actual knowledge about movies or television. Uh, I'm your host, Joseph. With me is a blinker, apparently, and uh, my co-host, Christian. Yep, I'm driving. I'm doing this bitch driving. <laughs> and uh, Jason Hurt. Cacao! So this is this is where our art form has fallen to, huh? <laughs> well, look, you know, in the days of COVID, you make do, you just you make it work. I don't think anyone's hey, look. Quibi put out a fucking remake of Princess Bride from people at home. We can do a podcast from my car. All right. Well, this week we're we are taking on uh, Broadway sensation that swept the nation four years ago, and now is sweeping people at home on Disney Plus with the uh, early release or the film release of Hamilton, the historical rap Broadway show written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also did Moana and In the Heights and featuring a a broadly diverse cast portraying the life and times of Alexander Hamilton in a fun uh, modern way. Yeah. I'm yep. a big fan of this, so I'll go last. So what did you guys think of it? So I, I, well, I am interested about this because this is my first time going into it. I don't really know a lot about go like beforehand. I knew it was super hyped up. It was, it was one of Broadway seems to have these like phases, right? Where like the 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 people who are invested in Broadway know what new things are coming out, but for the most part, most casual people only know like touchstone things like Cats and Rent and Wicked. And I feel like Hamilton was the late 2010s Broadway version of that. If you knew any Broadway show that was on, it was Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, this, I think there's more than a coincidence here of this musical coming out during the Obama presidency. Like this, this musical feels like 2014, 2015 felt. Sure. Uh, there is an optimism in it that we don't necessarily have. <laughs> but we need, Correct. I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful yeah. it came out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see because I feel like I, I, I had a good time in general. I think it is better than Transformers. And I think it's a, you know, a really fun watch, especially since you can watch it in the comfort of your own home without having to pay like $600 for a fucking ticket. But that said, I feel like I also have what are probably sacrilegious feelings about it. But I don't care because I don't have any attachment to it. Well, um, I, you know, this is the third musical in my life. I've watched all the way through on purpose. And I loved it. I thought it was super fun. You know, what were the, you, what were the said, first two? The two I've watched for this podcast, Cats, and uh, and then that same week I watched Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, musicals have been on around me before, and but I I I don't usually seek them out because I'm, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not a, a super fan. And uh, like I talked about in our Cats episode, one of the things is is I just don't really listen to, to lyrics and music. So I'm always lost in musicals. Well, this seems like it would have been a challenge for you. It does, but I was it, I was fucking locked in from the first second. Wow. Uh, me, me and Sarah uh, started watching it at like eight in the morning while we were, uh, you know, having coffee, and it was like, well, you know, we'll watch, we'll watch like a little of this, and then we'll finish it up later, and watch the whole thing in one sitting. It just caught on to me, and I went all the way through. But yeah, I, I liked it a whole lot. You were talking about how. Uh, it's the only music, it's the musical out right now that if you know one musical, everybody knows. And, you know, usually I don't have a super interest in those either. I never wanted to see Rent. I never wanted to see Wicked. This I kind of was interested in just because of some of the stuff I heard in. But definitely I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. It was that sort of great feeling of going from having minimal interest in something to wanting to know everything about it. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of this. I, I was introduced to the music a long time ago. What was really exciting about this is I haven't had the opportunity to see it. Uh, and so I kind of came out with, I think, probably a perspective a lot of people have, which is it's, re it's really neat to see something that you've played out in your brain finally played out in a way that you probably never would have imagined. So it just, there were certain, you know, bits and musical lines that I really like just as a song, but adding the staging element to it uh, just gave it a whole new life. I really, I had a good time. I've, you know, it's almost three hours. I've watched it twice. And I'd probably say, I think this is a good standard that we should have going forward. I don't think this in any way would inhibit a person from going to New York and watching something on Broadway. If anything, it just, I think, pushes that love. Kind of like what Jay was talking about. Like, Cats and Phantom of the Opera, I'm assuming, were movie versions of those films, and they suck. So, but seeing it actually on stage in how it's intended to be viewed um, in high definition with, you know, professionally mixed audio, and I think it only makes a person probably more open to the idea of actually going to see a production on stage. And I would like to see more shows translated in this form. I think that's probably true. I, I, I also like, again, having been, had an awareness of it, but recognizing that it's popular, I intentionally kind of avoided it because I'm me. After having watched this, it's like, oh, you know what? If, there's, if this comes to like New Orleans or something, I'd probably go see it. I'd make, a, I'd make a trip for it. I am definitely glad they didn't try to turn this into a movie. Yes. And they just showed us the Because a lot of the things I really thought were cool about it, they probably wouldn't have done in the movie. Like, for instance, the actors that play dual roles, which... I didn't even catch till the second time I watched it. But, you know, I thought that was really cool. And I thought some of the lyrics they used in relation to that was really cool. And you wouldn't have got that in a movie because they would just cast different actors. I was just saying, we're all accepting the fact that this absolutely will eventually be made into a movie. Undoubtedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Before I get into my point, I have to throw back to uh, comparatively, because uh, I know you guys, I, I don't have a uh, real attachment to Phantom of the Opera or, uh, or Cats, obviously, we watched it. But uh, I, like, grew up, my sister listened to Rent just, like, on constant repeat for a large part of my adolescence. And so I was very familiar with it. And then when the movie was announced, the movie came out with the original cast. I was really fucking excited. And then I saw it and it was fucking terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, and then it made me wonder if the, the musical is just bad. Mm. Uh, and then I watched an off-Broadway production that came to the Sanger Theater like two years ago. I was like, oh, no, this is pretty good. The movie's just really fucking bad. Also, it doesn't work when they're like 30. It only works when they're like 20. Yeah. But I will say one of the things I noticed about this, speaking specifically about like staging and and uh, and blocking and and choreography and all that, is like some people worked way harder than other people in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that, but there were yeah, I think it was very it was very costume based. I I noticed you know depending mm -hmm. on how much like give you had in your costume was how much you were jumping around and running around the stage. <laughs> right. I, I feel like some people made out a lot better than others is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan Groff's whole thing is his helmet, his, his crown is too heavy to move his head. So yeah. basically his whole character is based on that. I just, the person who works the hardest in this is Leslie Odom Jr., man. Aaron Burr is all over the place. He is all over the place. Especially in the second half. He is, uh, I, you, I, I think he's probably a co-lead with Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda. And Leslie Odom Jr., to your point, 
the point I'm getting to is not only does he outshine him, Lin-Manuel is kind of the weakest part to me uh, in all of this, which well, may be controversial to say. but let, Let's get into that. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think we're all better than Transformers here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, one of the things that the, the musical is, is kind of famous for it uh, and famous for kind of not making a big deal about is having a very diverse multicultural cast playing people that aren't necessarily like, you know, race or, or culturally background uh, accurate to the historical figures, which I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people that take issue with. Uh, and I, I think it is a specific to that time period. I think it has to be far enough away for that to work. Uh, but I don't like it super worked in this context for me. Like, I don't think it, it detracted from the story in any way. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. I, you know, I, I realize. I think part of it is there's just no living memory of who these people are. So you can portray them and portray like exaggerated versions of them. However you want. Like, I can't imagine I was thinking about this. Cause I was like, if they did like a musical about the Nixon administration, I can't imagine they're not going to cast an old dude with enormous jowls, you know, like regardless right. Uh, well, they're not going to well, put like Idris Elba in there. Well, I think also it helps that none of these people, with, you know, at least the pictures we have of them look very cool. So it's easy <laughs> to accept. Oh, I'd rather look at these cool looking people for three hours than a bunch of saggy old dudes. Yeah, for sure. I looked at, uh, I looked at a picture of, uh, of Aaron Burr. Uh, a couple days ago, and I was just like, yeah, no, Leslie Odom Jr. is not only just way more attractive, he is just way more interesting to look at. Like, Eric Burr <laughs> is, like, the most average-looking white dude I've ever seen. <laughs> I'd rather, when discussing it, imagine Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, yeah. I, that's exactly me, too. I don't want to imagine any of the real people. I just want to imagine these guys were actually this cool. Yeah, so, exactly. So uh, the, the cast as a whole has uh, kind of a, a various degree of – singing slash rapping talent uh it seems like you needed to have both but you didn't have to be the best at both uh right. except for maybe renee elise uh goldsberry who is angelica skyler uh she's great she, at both <laughs> she fucking crushes everything she's super yeah. good but i think the cast as a whole is really great the biggest problems i had are actually the two leads i i don't think uh lin-manuel miranda is a particularly great singer and while he emotes a lot I don't feel like he emotes in a way that like I connect with and Leslie Odom Jr. just did not do it for me. That's crazy talk. I think I he's fantastic. I, in it. I, I didn't like, I didn't like his voice singing or speaking. And I don't know. He just didn't seem as comfortable on stage as I, I, I think he should have been, you know, I feel like for these things to work, you have to like, even for this kind of like heightened, fake reality you have to like be drawn into that world there's like an imaginary jump the, the, the into that fourth wall uh and he was the only one that made me feel like oh i'm just watching a dumb theater kid in a dumb costume running around uh, yeah see i that in dear theodosia man there are there are parts when he stops singing and just kind of like in the rest the way he emotes in between the lyrics i think is phenomenal um i do think he's asked to do the most i mean i agree and, with that Sometimes I think that does detract a little bit, but yeah, I think he's, I personally feel like he's really great in it. The I only, mean, the most, said, most people seem to, but I, I just did not connect with him at all. Lillian Manuel to me is exactly what you're talking about. I don't think his singing voice is great. And I think he over emotes there again, going back to dear, dear Theodosia, when he's talking about Philip and he says like, my son, 
Like every time, I, it just annoys the piss out of me. It takes me out of the whole. Everyone else, I think, is great, and and the Skyler sisters to me are the best part. They're really, really the, good. All, all three of them are fantastic, uh, and those songs are catchy as shit. I've had "Mind at Work" stuck in my head for four days now. <laughs> I've had to find shit to listen to to try to get this out. Yeah, they're they're all know. really catchy. I've just I found myself jumping around to to various songs, even though I've only seen the musical once, which is pretty impressive because I don't really remember things that well most of the time. It does move through <laughs> styles. It kind of gets lumped in as just rap the whole time, but you have R and B, you have blues, you have uh, classic Broadway tunes in there. I mean, like stylistically, there's even like kind of like a reggae moment. Um, it really moves through the spectrum yeah. uh, and highlights a bunch of different skill sets for a lot of these people. It, I know it definitely hits on a lot of stuff. Then one of the things I was watching, thinking about through the whole thing is like, man, these like, you know, these like session musicians working back here, they are working. No they kidding. They got to do yes. a lot of different shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, that is an important thing to highlight. I think all musicals kind of do a lot of different musical styles just to keep, keep it interesting. Uh, but especially with, with some of the, the sheer amount of word salad they throw at you uh, in some of the songs, it's, it's, it's kind of important to space it out a little bit. You know, I, I don't know if this happens to you guys. Uh, I, think, I think the lyrics as a whole are, are like incredible, right? and particularly in like the rap things. They're, they're super clever, like the, the, the rhythm and the placement of the, of the words and the rhymes is really interesting. Uh, the problem that I have, uh, particularly for like fast rap, is like, after a while, I want to like take a, a step back to be impressed by either like the way that the lyrics are written or how well the performer is doing, uh, you know, like delivering all the words. Uh, and then the moment I like have that thought, I've lost the thread and it's really hard for me to jump back in. Yeah. Uh, and so I was fighting that several times. I did, I did pretty good for the most part, but I find that's a problem for me in listening to any kind of like quick paced line delivery sort of stuff. See, I really like the fast rap stuff specifically, mostly just because I think that's a dying art. Well, I kind of wonder that if, um, if sometimes if Lin-Manuel had this like cast of characters already assigned to certain people when writing it, because you know, it took him six years and there was like a spontaneous performance at the White House at one point. And, but like David Diggs was born to play. Holy shit. That dude is so charismatic. Easily that my role. favorite part. Easily my favorite and, part that dude. And he gets all the fast rap parts. So I, I, yeah. I wanted I wanna know if like always it was supposed to be him because he he just he just fucking kills it. He's so yeah. good. But you know who else is a, a weird a weird standout for me? Uh the, just because I it's it's not like the flashiest part, I don't think, even though it's probably the most recognizable part, is the uh the guy who plays George Washington. He's so uh, fucking good. He's so yeah, fucking he's good. So good. <laughs> My word. He just looks so fucking cool. Like, hey, you know, you, when you see George Washington, he does not look like he can kick your ass. That guy can kick your ass. Kate turned to me and she's like, did you anticipate that guy being that good? I was like, honey, that dude looks like a Vin Diesel stunt double. For sure. He sounds like, <laughs> yeah. he sounds like a fucking angel. So, <laughs> no. He's so good. Yeah, again, I think, I think to me, outside of just the, the main two of the cast, everybody else just blew it out of the water. I mean, you know, uh, Jonathan Groff has a very small part, but it's incredibly memorable as, as King George III. Just his, his three little songs and all of his mannerisms. They're, he's hilarious. As was his giant wad of spit. Correct. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I, b- before we move on too far for it, I want to be the tiebreaker on this. I think Leslie Odom Jr. rocks in this. I think he's great. I think specifically that that is like him being the sort of almost point of view character, the sort of Saliari-esque uh, sort of uh, villain that's telling the story. I thought he was fucking great in that. So I don't even get what you're talking about in this. Good comparison. I, I'm not I I I don't have anything against the character. I just, I can't help but feel like I would enjoy the musical more if somebody else was playing him. I did want to say the the whole time watching it, I thought of you, Jehu, because it's so much like Amadeus. Yes. And I had totally forgot of Amadeus' existence until you brought it up like two weeks ago. Right. But it's basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's it's totally the same sort of like storytelling narrative. And I, I think that might have been one of the real hooks that brought me into it. Yeah, it's definitely, like, inspired by Amadeus. I even feel like, you know, Les Mis because of the political nature, but yet not focusing necessarily on the revolution and the politics of it. But it also, again, just really speaks to a generation. I think it, I think it, it, it speaks to the time that it came out. So for those of us who, mostly millennials, I guess, really came to voting age, from 2005 to probably 2020, like it really encompasses probably a lot of what we believed or what we want uh, these ideals to be, even though we accept that's not their reality. And I kind of feel like that's what this musical is in general, which is like, hey, we're gonna, yeah, we kind of skim over the bad stuff of these people, but we're talking about some of the bigger ideals of who they are and who they can be. Oh, and by the way, we're gonna cast minority actors in it. like. It's just like a more idealistic version of what we all want it to be. Um, and then 2020 happened and we all got really, or really 2016 <laughs> 2016 happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It's funny you say that, though, because I, uh, I was reading some of the trivia about it and apparently uh, one of Lynn's, like, big inspirations, or not inspirations, uh, but influences in, in kind of the writing and the kind of the, the spirit of the show is uh, The West Wing. And I feel like they're very similar concepts in this very idealistic, you know, discourse and, and uh, uh, idea of what a nation can be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty easy to spot that this is pretty Sorkin-esque. Timing-wise, imagine, Sorkin. imagine if Sorkin could rap. <laughs> right. <laughs> but timing-wise, it kind of works out, too, because, you know, really, you know, midway through the, through the West Wing run, you know, there was a huge political shift because of 9-11 and uh and you know west wing whereas west wing it made it feel not relevant something about this though it actually makes it feel more relevant Hmm. even though it's not necessarily accurate anymore yeah well you know and a lot of people i think criticize like because it's it's just really easy to be negative about things that lots of people love right uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) i felt that one but the uh you know, a big complaint of this is how much it skims over the bad things. Like, yes, Alexander Hamilton was an abolitionist, but he married a Schuyler daughter. Philip Schuyler was like the richest slave owner in New England. So it does it, it skims over those things. And, and that's a big critique. But I would say we're focusing a lot on the negatives of white people who died 200 years ago, instead of talking about the positives of black and brown people who are living today, which is that these people an immigrant kid from Puerto Rico cast a bunch of black and Hispanic people in lead roles on Broadway and showed black and brown kids, hey, you can do this too. Like, I, I'm, I love Broadway. 
but it is a whitewashed community. For sure. Uh, and so it's really awesome that he, he took the time to do this and it, and it was committed to doing it and did it in a way that I think we needed. Um, but hey, yeah, does it have problems? For sure it does. I will say, you know, I, I learned a fair bit about Alexander Hamilton in, uh, in the musical. I don't know exactly what percentage of it is accurate. The only things I knew about Hamilton going, oh, three things I knew about Hamilton going into this. Uh, he wrote some of the Federalist Papers. He established the National Bank, and then he got killed in the duel. Yeah, uh, mostly everything I knew about him was from that milk commercial. You guys remember that? <laughs> no. There was a milk commercial where there's like a, a guy's listening to a radio, and there's like a, quiz thing where you win a prize and they were like uh who killed alexander hamilton in in a duel and this guy had just eat a bunch of cookies and he calls and he's trying to say aaron burr but uh he all he can say and you know (laughs) the thing is if he had milk he would have won the thing yeah that's mainly what i mean all right that's funny Uh, my uh my one piece of hamilton this isn't even hamilton trivia it's aaron burr trivia uh in god what's the song where he talks about uh, it takes and it takes and it takes and whatever. Um, Aaron Burr says something about his grandfather being a fire and brimstone preacher. Aaron Burr's grandfather was Jonathan Edwards, who famously preached sinners in the hands of an angry God, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure every high school student has to read still to this day. <laughs> the, the piece of uh, Hamilton, the musical trivia that I read that I really enjoyed that I wanted to mention before we, we, we got out of this is uh, that apparently when writing it, Lin-Manuel Miranda had a couple of inspirations specifically from the Harry Potter franchise. I, I read this thing too. I Did you read that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, yeah. my favorite of which was, was the, uh, that first meeting of, uh, you know, Burr and Hamilton very early on in the musical, you know, it's like the second song in the musical uh, is supposed to be kind of like Harry Potter meeting Draco before he really like gets introduced to anything else in the Hogwarts world. <laughs> Uh, which is just like it, it 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 is that like that's a really great yeah. comparison but i would have never ever drawn that conclusion or even if i did draw that conclusion wouldn't have assumed that he had uh he had pulled it from that you know like it was just a happy accident you know uh, it's funny because uh it was exactly that piece of trivia that i think got sarah to the point of i'm done hearing about this now <laughs> you know because i mean and she's super into this she had seen the show on broadway she watched it twice the first day you know six hours of her day was devoted to that but, wow uh, but uh i think she was just specifically tired of hearing me talk about it i was gonna ask if anyone had a uh, before we close out if anyone had a favorite moment or a favorite song uh that they really enjoyed i think my favorite one is favorite moment is the is the like rap battle between Hamilton and Jefferson? Yeah, the, 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 the cabinet yeah. battles are like that. That whole yeah. construct is fucking beautiful. Like that's yeah. a great, yeah. great idea. And then the actual execution is even better than just the idea itself. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. There's so Joseph. many. There's so many catchy bops in it, man. I I, I just really like the whole thing. I've been singing uh, the room where it happened like most of today. Uh, but it just it just kind of fluctuates on on whatever I'm feeling at that time. See, I think that's again. I, I know you you didn't enjoy Leslie Odom Jr. And I think that's like one of the best moments. He he is so intense in that, and then God, the staging and choreography in it is great. The only thing I hate is click boom. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah, for sure it is. I also felt that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I like you know I like a lot of it. I. You were talking just really about the like the wordplay and the rap. 
I really love that first inter- introduction to Aaron Burr. Yeah, it's really good. Alexander Hamilton. The, their, their exchange, their intercourse. Uh, and then, you know, then introducing uh, John Lawrence and Lafayette. That whole bit, I really like. Straight into um, my shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole introduction of characters. I just, I know it's hard for me to say I prefer the first act to the second act, but I think I do. I think I'll... I think I. I think I think that's I true of every single musical. Is there a single musical that's got a better second act than the first act? I've never seen one. See, I I think I like the second act in this one just because of what Jefferson brings. That's actually a fair point. Yeah, the uh, when Jefferson's reading the letter and he's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that, that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, this is better than Transformers. I'll probably watch it again for the weeks out. I don't know how streaming revenue works, but if it works by play, this thing's going to clean up because <laughs> I think it's going to become the king of just turning it on while you're doing something else, you know? They saw a 75% increase in app downloads after Hamilton came out. I That's absolutely it. believe it. I, I will also say, though, this was the first, like, really, you know, I've missed the uh, being able to go to see movies in the theater, but this was the first time I really missed it because I would have loved to have seen this in a theater. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had the same thought. I would have loved this. If, if they ever decide to put it in theaters, I will go because I, I mm-hmm. would love to watch this on a big screen. Yeah, that's me too, totally. But yeah, I mean, look, realistically, if you're listening to this podcast, if, if you have access to the internet, you've probably watched Hamilton already. And if you have, maybe you just enjoyed uh, listening to more people talk about Hamilton because all I did <laughs> after I watched it was watch the cast talk about different things and the Weird Al Yankovic parody and all those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it. It's uh, it's pretty much as uh, as advertised. Something yep. about Lin Manuel reminds me of Weird Al, and I think it's I think it's that same thing where he's always just so positive and always so giving to his fans and stuff, and I'm just always looking for the seething anger that's just beneath the surface. Yeah, you know, actually, I actually super get that because I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel like he's got a deep, dark secret with, like, bodies in a basement somewhere or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so he was asked recently about the critique that Hamilton gets, and he's just like, no, it's totally fair. I get it. And you're like, man, like, can't you just be angry about something? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Can't you just tell them to fuck off? Yeah, I know you yeah. want to. No, it seems like a good dude. He's yeah. just the worst part of his own musical. I mean, look, now that it's off Broadway, now that he's not doing it anymore, I'm sure if you went to see it live, whoever they got to ca- uh, in his place is probably better. Uh, Sarah yeah. has seen it with the new guy, and he is a tall, handsome, velvety sex guy. All uh, right. <laughs> yeah, which, is, which makes me think that maybe Lin Wow does think a bit of himself. That's who he decided to, who could replace him. But yeah, no, she said that was... That was, you know, most of watching this version, she liked these actors better, but that was the only one where she kind of missed that hammer. I mean, that, that did also was a jarring bit to me because part of the thing is how much, uh, you know, I, I get, you can, you can sell me on the women in it fell in love with his mind, but I can't imagine it's a love at first sight kind of thing. Uh, but if, if, yeah, he's, if he's like a tan sex god, then sure. Right, right. Did you guys uh, did you guys pick up on the presence of death and the bullet throughout? No, I did not. Joseph, did you do you know that this what this? I don't is? know. I don't know anything about it. Okay, so after King George, the first time he's on, a British officer walks up to a young woman and breaks her neck, and then uh, she is present throughout the rest. She, uh, she's literally carrying a bullet, and she kills everyone. She's there when John Lawrence dies. She's there when Philip dies. 
Uh, there's a scene where someone takes a shot at Hamilton and they miss. She's carrying okay, the bullet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Death. Death follows Hamilton throughout the whole rest of the musical. After that. Interesting. Oh, that's yeah, really there's, cool. There's like actually a uh, I don't want to say layers because that feels really pretentious, but <laughs> there's a lot more going on about like Hamilton's ego and how his like brash, unabrasive behavior costs people like their lives. And the only, like, I think that's really cool. And maybe, and I'm sure all this is intentional, but you just make him like so likable and seems like so much the hero of this story that it's hard to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. But I suppose maybe that was true for Hamilton in real life and that people did like him and people were obsessed with him. But if all these women were in love with him and all this other stuff, in reality, these same traits and behaviors were the things that cost people love their lives i mean i i can see the connection but i think in this format it's a little hard to to bridge that i mean i, th- I think that's one of the hardest things about writing in general and i you know I, I think there are very few writers that do it successfully uh to kind of trust your audience to to get on board with a character that they don't necessarily like or even even like they they might kind of like but is dislikable you know yeah um, yeah uh, so I like I I would get from from a writing perspective how you'd be like well let's lean on his idea well yeah, yeah. Let's, let's lean on his idealism and kind of brush over the the lack of tact and and uh, his I don't know the way he he pushes people out of his way to to push his ideals kind of thing yeah I just wanted to point that out no I, I love it yeah. thank you but uh, yeah I, th- I think that's Hamilton again. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. And if you've watched it, go watch it again, because I'm probably going to go watch it again now, now that you've told me about the bullet thing. I'm interested. Uh, so that's it for Hamilton. What have we been watching uh, this past week, guys? Uh, I did not watch much. I continued with Doctor Who. I made it through the Donna Noble season, which is the best season of Doctor Who. Um, what else did I watch? Obviously Hamilton. Oh, uh, I watched another musical I really love, Little Shop of Horrors. Um the 1980s classic starring Rick Moranis. Where did you uh, watch it? It's on HBO Max. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought you were just setting him up for the plug. I, I, I wasn't. Right. I've, I've never seen it, and I want to, but I, I, it's not on any of the platforms that I thought I had. But look, HBO Max, how incredible. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> look, it's great. It's so much fun. Those are all really fun songs in it, and... Uh, did I think Ivan Reitman directed that? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, either way, it's so much fun. Uh, and I really can't write. Oh, no, it's um, Frank Oz. Frank Oz made that movie. Uh, and you can tell there's a lot of puppets in it. It's good times. Better Transformers. Super recommend. Uh, I did. Well, the only other thing I would talk about is I watched a lot of Floor is Lava with my kids, which is a new <laughs> Netflix reality show. And it's terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> Other than that, I, that's it for me. Fair enough. I've got one thing, and I'll, I'll get through it real quick. Um, uh, I watched the uh, Hamilton episode of Drunk History. Um, mm. and the, re- the reason I watched that is because I had watched that before this, and you know I remembered the portrayal of Hamilton being way different on it. And I was like, well, I must just be remembering that wrong. But no, I watched it. Uh, you know, it's Lin-Manuel Manuel Miranda, whatever. Uh, doing the um doing the uh you know drunk history shtick where he gets really drunk and he tells a story for history it just happens to be the story uh that he has made a musical of. but yeah it's it kind of uh 
I don't know, it almost plays into what we were saying sort of at the end of this stuff. Like it's, it's a completely different take on these exact same events. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Hamilton and Aaron Burr and it really just come off as just sort of lunatics as just these, <laughs> as just these guys that they're needed to be an adult in the room. You know, you know, one thing that the musical doesn't have into it, there's a, there's a completely unmentioned different duel between Hamilton and James Monroe that, uh, that Burr squashes, but, uh, but it was pretty cool. You know, they, he went a different way with the, uh, with the casting on this, with this, it's, uh, I, I can never say her real name, but the, uh, the girl who plays maybe on, um, Oh on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's Hamilton. Aubrey Plaza is, uh, is Burr, uh, Bukim Woodbine is, is George Washington, but it's good. It's, it's a half hour of your day. Watch it. Better than I will trans. watch that. That sounds like a good time. I think the wife would enjoy that also. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right, I'm also pretty quick. I, uh, uh, for the Ghibli film this week, I watched uh, Howl's Moving Castle, which I think you watched last week, Christian. Yep. Uh, it's good. Uh, you know what? I, I remembered it being when I watched all these films the first time that Spirited of the Away was like the most, like had the most things that were unexplained to me. But on a rewatch, Howl's Moving Castle, I think, has the most things that are unexplained that are, I think, specifically pertinent to the plot where you either have to intuit or guess about what, the certain details are that are, you know, between the scenes, but it's a good time. It, it's a, it's a fun, fantastical time. And it's my wife's second favorite now. So, uh, you know, chicks really do love Howl's Moving Castle. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the, the other thing I watched this week, finally, I got around to watching Fury, which I know all of you guys have seen. And I think you guys might've hyped it up a little too much for me uh, because I was a little disappointed by it. But it's still, like, it's still a, a, a good movie. It's, it's a well better than average movie. I'm not fully sold on David Ayers as a, as a fucking writer in general. But the performances are just so good by every single person in the cast that it kind of doesn't matter. But, you know, if, if you're looking for more World War II content, like there's not fucking enough out there, <laughs> series a good time. I know it was free on Tubi. Tubi's my new favorite app. Uh, but that's it. Better than Transformers, right. both of them. I'd also cool. say that 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 one's I. Furious yeah. eyes. Yeah. Do we know what we're doing next week? No clue. I haven't talked about it. All right, fuck it. Maybe yep. Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe not. Right on. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Christian, for hanging out with us uh, all the way through. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you think about Hamilton, you can just send us an email that says, it was awesome, and we'll send you an email back. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks, Zach Evans, for our Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.